the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back and happy November 23rd, 2020. Amicus Plato said, Magis Amica Veritas. Aristotle purportedly said, meaning Plato is my friend, but truth is more dear. Piety requires us to honor truth above our friends, is how Aristotle put it in the ethics. Elsewhere, he would write, among friends, there is no need for justice. I want to talk about all that, but hold it in mind as we discuss the reelings of the past couple of days, especially regarding the dispatch of Sidney Powell from President Trump's legal team. We come at this as a house and movement divided. For several days, many had been hanging their hopes on what Sidney Powell was alleging. Loyal to Donald Trump, Powell had the goods and was going to save his reelection. Doesn't look that way anymore. She, the most vociferous of a widespread conspiracy to turn the election from Biden to Trump, has been fired. This raises the question, are we more loyal and dedicated to her version of the alleged conspiracy or to President Donald Trump? Ostensibly, we were resting hopes on Ms. Powell because of our loyalty to the president. But since his loyalty to her or her to his has been fractured, we ask where our loyalties lie. Have they, too, been fractured? It's the most reasonable of things to want to fight for your side with a zealous, with as zealous as representation as possible. But when the client of an attorney has no more faith in that attorney, I think we have to admit we cannot have that faith either. The point was to reelect Donald Trump, not elect Sidney Powell. Powell was in the service of Trump, who is in the service of us. That is the right order. This fracturing of the relationship obviously affects negatively the potential reelection of Donald Trump which affects negatively all of us. This development cannot be overstated as it takes a big bite out of what Alan Dershowitz called the wholesale theory of election fraud. The retail argument is what various states experience with undercounts and overcounts and observer problems, etc. They, Dershowitz said yesterday, are probably not enough to change purported outcome. The wholesale argument that computers may have turned hundreds of thousands of votes, Powell's argument, that presents serious constitutional problems that Dershowitz said could overturn the election, but requires serious evidence, much more serious evidence, evidence we haven't seen. We will see how far Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and Joe DeGeneva take these claims. But as Scott Johnson points out this morning, we're moving from the Freudian pleasure principle to the reality principle. And I think that's right. But note one thing I'd mentioned a while ago. There's an ongoing assault on the Constitution by the Democratic Party, regardless of all that. We've talked about the First Amendment. We've talked about the Second Amendment. They've gone after the Fourth Amendment rights of Trump supporters and, of course, property and due process rights of the Fifth Amendment. And now... As I also pointed out was coming, elements or at least versions or theories around the Sixth Amendment, at least an inheritance of the Sixth Amendment right to counsel. 
I knew of several lawyers and law firms under pressure not to represent Donald Trump or the campaign in the various states and over the various claims of fraud going back for weeks. It was strong pressure from other clients, from the public, from the public, from other lawyers internal at their firms. And now congressmen are filing bar complaints against lawyers who represented the campaign, past tense, filing bar complaints so that the lawyers who represented Trump or represent him now be disbarred can no longer work. As Jonathan Turley notes, New Jersey Democratic uh, Representative Bill Pascrell sent demands for New York and other states, including Arizona, to disbar roughly two dozen lawyers for representing Donald Trump, the Republican Party, or the Trump campaign in the litigation. While Democratic members and the media discuss attacks on democracy and the rule of law, they appear to have a little problem with campaigns to threaten and harass both lawyers and legislators for raising questions about this election. One might even call it a war against the law. This is the same congressman, by the way, who had written Donald Trump should be tried for treason last week. I really hope the evisceration of the Constitution the Democrats are engaging in is becoming more and more evident to more and more people. That many of us have been saying this for years will be made evident in more and more sharp relief, I believe. It seems to be if Joe Biden were serious about his calls for unity, he would shut down Pascrell's efforts, denounce them, and those of others doing the same. But this is all unlikely because it's who the Democrats are, a party reliant on destroying democratic norms they kept accusing us of breaking. For some time, we've asked or argued that we're in a civil, are we in a civil war in America? I thought it was actually worse, that we are in a revolutionary war. The reason I say this is because the Democrats have been trying to convert our original revolution into a nullity. All men created equal, gone. Liberty is an unalienable right, gone. 1776, meaningless. Some other date, more important. And of course, the attacks on the first, second, fourth, fifth, and now sixth amendments. David Horowitz put it even stronger. Republicans can still be heard referring to Democrats as liberals when it is obvious even to them that there is nothing liberal about their principles or methods. They are destroying the First Amendment in our universities, on the Internet, and our once but no longer free press. Suffice it to note that while Democrats accuse Republicans, including the president, of being racists and traitors, the response of Republican leaders is, well, the Democrats are just playing politics. Today's Democrat Party is a party of character, assassins, and indeed racists. Republicans know this but are reluctant to say it. That is how a pathological liar and corrupt politician like Joe Biden can accuse the choice of 73 million Americans of being a white supremacist and also murdering 200,000-plus Americans. That's why Biden and his gunslingers can do so with no consequence, without so much as a wrist slap from moderates and independents who theoretically know better. The Democrats' ability to intimidate well-meaning Americans is that great. Is this too blanket a condemnation? Where then is the Democrat who was outraged by the four-year Russia collusion hoax and the failed coup and impeachment attempts, all of which accused the president without a shred of evidence of treason? Where was the Democrat who dissented from the public lynching of an exemplary public servant, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, over an incident that never happened 37 years ago, at a time when he was a high school kid. 
Where is the Democrat who has condemned the violent street criminals of Antifa and Black Lives Matter who got away with conducting the most destructive civic insurrection in American history, orchestrating mayhem and disrespect for the law that led to the murders of scores of people who happened to have been mainly black? Democrats are not Democrats. They are totalitarians. They have declared war on the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Electoral College, the Senate, the Supreme Court, the election system, and the idea of civil order. They have called for the Republican president of the United States to be deplatformed and jailed. Their obvious goal is a one-state party that criminalizes dissent. To them, support for such basic necessities as borders and law enforcement are themselves racist. If you oppose their efforts to legalize infanticide, they will condemn you as enemies of women. And if you make videos of their confessions to selling body parts of murdered infants, they will, like Kamala Harris, throw you in jail. Progressives are not progressive. They are reactionaries. They are out to abolish liberal value systems and create a status hierarchy where race, gender, and sexual orientation define and confine you to an unalterable place in their new social order. If you are white or male or heterosexual or religious, Justice Kavanaugh was all for, you are guilty before the fact. But if you are a member of a designated but increasingly imaginary victim group, you are innocent even when the facts show you are guilty, like the reprehensible female who lied to Congress in a calculated attempt to destroy Kavanaugh's life and career. If you are a member of a victim group, you have an unlimited license to persecute others. Thus, the LGBTQ lobby is currently behind a nationwide campaign to strip Christians of their First Amendment rights and criminalize their religion. They use their victim status to leverage their hate of people who don't embrace their agendas and deploy it to crush them, and only Republicans seem to care. Identity politics is a pure form of racism, and yet Donald Trump is the only Republican I'm aware of who has had the political spine to call a Democrat a racist. Identity wokeism is a totalitarian politics because it encompasses every aspect of life down to the pronouns one is ordered to use. The progressive police state will leave no space free. Perhaps now we can understand what Ronald Reagan said in 1964. The Cold War will end through our acceptance of not undemocratic socialism. So will the post-Cold War. I say perhaps for a reason. It is both a question and a worry. This country has changed so very, very much in respect of things we used to consider foundational and civilizational. Where once we esteemed rugged individualism, we now are too tempted by its opposite. Herbert Hoover put it this way, saying, There are two systems, rugged individualism and European philosophy of diametrically opposed doctrine, doctrine of paternalism and state socialism. The acceptance of these ideas would have meant the destruction of self-government through centralization and the undermining of the individual and initiative an enterprise through which our people have grown to unparalleled greatness. He closed by saying this, By adherence to the principles of decentralized self-government, ordered liberty, equal opportunity, and freedom to the individual, our American experiment in human welfare has yielded a degree of well-being unparalleled in the world. It has come nearer to the abolition of poverty, to the abolition of fear, of want, than humanity has ever reached before. The greatness of America has grown out of a political and social system and method of a lack of governmental control of economic forces distinctly its own. 
our American system, which has carried this great experiment in human welfare farther than ever before in history. And I again repeat that the departure from our American system will jeopardize the very liberty and freedom of our people, will destroy equality of opportunity, not only to ourselves, but to our children, close quote. We best grow up and get this right and fast, lest we, to borrow again from Ronald Reagan, spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like to live in the United States where men were free. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. There is so much to discuss today. Uh, boy, the COVID stuff is really, really interesting to me, what these governors are doing. Oregon, how did this slip by? What's going on in Oregon? Have you seen the orders that the governor of Oregon is enforcing? Um, wear a mask in your own home on Thanksgiving. Only remove it when eating. Don't leave your home during the two-week shut down um it's um it's it's the governor of Oregon is telling neighbors to report on other neighbors if they see homes having more than 6 people in them this this is really quite incredible this is really quite incredible meanwhile over in New York um Mar- uh Mario uh governor Andrew Cuomo said that he is encouraging people not to travel for Thanksgiving. He is encouraging people not to travel for Thanksgiving. Um, And yet today, that was last week, last week in one of his press conferences for which which he, uh, you know, has won an Emmy Award, he said, I am encouraging people not to travel and to stay home for the holidays. Today announces he is having his 89-year-old mother and two daughters up to Albany for Thanksgiving. Quote, the story is my mom is going to come up and two of my girls. When Governor Cuomo does this, tells everyone else they shouldn't travel, but his 89-year-old mother should or will. And you have Gavin Newsom eating out at one of the most elite restaurants in the country with medical professionals. I I didn't think of this. It's not hypocrisy. Well, there is that. There is hypocrisy. But I credit Adam Carolla for pointing this out. He was saying this on Friday. He said it's not just the hypocrisy. That's actually the least of it. Here's a new thought. It's that they don't actually believe what they're telling everyone else. Did you pick up on this, Bill, or did you already think that? You heard him say it. It's it's. Why aren't more people saying that? It's a great insight. If Newsom and Cuomo actually believed what they were telling every people, panic, stay put, don't go out, wear a mask. In California, wear a mask between bites of food, right? That's a guideline. If they actually believed this disease was that rampant and deadly they wouldn't subject themselves to public gatherings or 89 or gatherings with 89 year olds 
if they believed what they're trying to scare us and frighten us with, they would be putting themselves – they wouldn't be putting themselves at the risk that they're telling us to be scared of, right? It just shows you not the hypocrisy really of do what I say, not what I do, or you do this and I'll do that. It's revealing them to be just absolute liars. Now, these are the governors of two of the biggest states in the in the country and the one with the sharpest and severest of lockdowns with the governors w- urging the most comminatory of warnings. That's California, New York. Now, let's and that so they're being proven as liars. What about people who are proven as just wrong all the time? Just wrong about everything. Well, they recycle. They just keep coming back. So today we got news that Joe Biden intends to have John Kerry, former secretary of state, be his quote unquote climate czar, climate czar. Now, there's a lot of thought that goes behind that. But between Joe Biden and John Kerry, I don't think either of them ever got a foreign policy question right. The record of what they got wrong is immense. Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy eventuality he predicted and argued for. John Kerry's tenure as Secretary of State was no better. Now, John Brennan last week said he hopes that the new Biden administration will undo what Donald Trump did in the Middle East. Why would you want to undo peace deals? Well, John Kerry had this to say, And this is how smart John Kerry was just as he was ending his tenure as Secretary of State. There will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No. No, no, and no. I can tell you that reaffirmed even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. Everyone needs to understand that. I want to be very clear on this. You cannot make peace between Israel and the Arab world. No, 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 and no. There will be no advance of peace with other members of the Arab world without having peace with the Palestinians. Well, (laughs) Saudi Arabia was in Israel today. Not for war. Donald Trump did prove you could do it. Donald Trump did do it. Are they planning to undo all of that with wrongness? With wrongness? Let Let me say this. Bringing back Janet Yellen, bringing back John Kerry... The Biden administration is sworn in. People understand this. They are resetting the conditions that led to Donald Trump's election victory in 2016. They're recreating the administration that wanted everyone that everyone wanted to get rid of and put in Donald Trump for. Think about that. Oh, it's right out of Jurassic Park. We're not making any of the old mistakes. We're making all new ones. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour gives us John Dabrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates with our culture and economy update. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. JD, happy Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. I did. Hope you did as well. Yes, sir. Thank you Excellent. very much. What's going on? Well, yesterday was a historic day back in history. But, of course, today's the 23rd. But yesterday, uh, President uh, John F. Kennedy. Yes, of course. The Kennedy right? assassination. And he died the same day C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis died. Yes. And yes. Uh, it's always interesting when two very well-known people pass within and who, you know, who, who gets the attention. It reminded me a little bit of when Princess Diana died within about a week of Mother Teresa. Mm. And how the world went to Princess Diana's funeral, and then there was a question about what they were, whether they were going to go to Mother Teresa's, and a lot of them had to be shamed into doing it. You yeah. know, who had more impact on the world? Right. C.S. Right. Lewis or JFK, Mother Teresa or Princess Diana? Mm. I, I would make my own arguments there. Mm-hmm. You weren't expecting me to go off on that. Boy, I'm really, sorry. You just getting very deep. From yeah, sorry about yes. that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> well, markets were okay today. I saw that, you know, interesting energy and gas was leading a lot mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the markets today. Same day that, yeah, yes. and, same and, day that John Kerry's not named a potential energy czar. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah. And also Janet Yellen. And Janet Yellen. Treasury Talk Secretary. to me about that. So she, she's being named, or at least proposed as the named Secretary of the Treasury. Yes. Well, it would replace uh, Steve Mnuchin. Right. right. So, of course, uh, she was the first woman Fed chair. And she served, I believe it was uh, 2014 through 2018. Right. right. Um, and so she certainly is well known in, uh, you know, that arena. She's uh, obviously a very smart woman. And uh, I think it's it's a known, uh, you know, quantity or entity. Uh, so I don't think that there's that much concern over her uh, taking over that role. It seemed like Wall Street liked the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, she's got obviously a lot to deal with if she does become the treasury secretary and, uh, she's going to have her hands full. Just Fed, Fed position tends to be, is this an accurate statement? It's a question. I, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to put it as a statement. It's a question. The chair, chair, chairmanship of the Fed, is it not more powerful than the secretary of treasury? I would it? believe so. Yeah. Yes. I would think so too. Um, because I'm thinking about former secretaries of the Treasury, and it seems we remember chairman of the Fed more so. When you right. think about squeezing inflation out of the economy, you think of Volcker, right? You don't yes, think of Paul Secretary Volcker. Baker. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's true. Uh, but, I mean, if you think about Steve Mnuchin, yeah. he has certainly been um, you know, in the news quite a bit. Yeah. And I think the things that he has done, the creativity that he brought to the – uh, table when it was you know, dealing with this uh, economic uh, issue that we ha- have all been facing, he had come up with some really good uh, methods mm-hmm. and good ways to deal with it. And he also was able to reach across the aisle and work with uh, the Democrats, yeah. on it, too, to get things done. So uh, it was certainly, uh, you know, in a very important role. And he did fill those shoes and he did it well, I think. I remember that um, – well, you know, it's a funny thing now that I'm thinking about it. I think he was one of the f- handful of cabinet members that stayed the duration. Hmm. 
Yeah. 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 Um, John, uh, because of the holiday, is the week ahead a little, is the week ahead, we always like to look at the week ahead on, on Mondays. Is yep. it, is it going to be a little thinner than usual? Is yeah, there of course, anything we should be on the for, major lookout for? Yeah, be close for Thanksgiving and hopefully all of you out there do have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And, you know, we're hearing all these uh, stories about not getting together with family. I've been talking to a lot of different people and a lot of clients and asking them what they were going to be doing. And they're all saying, we're getting together with family. You know, there are people just want to see their family and spend some quality time with them, even if they do their social distancing, wearing their masks, and or have dinner outside. Fortunately, we could do that here in Arizona. Uh, but, yeah, the markets will be closed. And uh, it, it could be a thin day of trading on Friday, you know, maybe because a lot of people will be gone uh, on wherever they might be going for the holidays as well on Friday and may shut their computers off and not look at uh, the markets. But generally speaking, it, it is kind of a quiet a quiet week, except for online sales. Well, right, those that, yes. start to pick up bigly yes. on Friday, don't yes. they? Yes, and we saw Target today yeah. did fantastic. I mean, their stock was really on the rise. They had a blowout uh, quarter, and uh, this is you're right uh, time the Seth for uh, for people to be out there looking at uh, those online discounts yeah. and Black Friday coming. Yeah. And uh, even though we've had Black Friday for the last couple of months, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, a bigger yeah, and better we'll be on the lookout for that. Thank you, JD. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finland Tippett, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. You have a great day. You did the, the same, day. brother. Bye bye. Back to the Seth Liebson show today. I talked to the Kentucky woman, woman today. She sends her best regards to everyone. Um, this is audio you cannot miss. This is the unfortunate thing. So many good things get said. We are a nation of words. Uh, someone was making the point the other day that we reward and punish words more than we reward and punish actions. Uh, I think the analogy he was making is Andrew Cuomo gets an Emmy for his speeches while he does a miserable job in handling COVID. Donald Trump gets condemned for the way he spoke about COVID, but turns out to have done something that people thought simply could not be done. Now, three vaccines on the way within a year, within a year. A lot gets said. And the unfortunate thing is there's such a flood and so much that it's hard to separate wheat and chaff. This is wheat. This is true wheat. It's Congressman Tom McClintock from California. He's been great on this stuff, but this was a speech he gave on the House floor. And just bear down and take a moment and listen to this. Mr. Speaker, I rise this morning in defense of Governor Gavin Newsom, who recently defied his own idiotic COVID edicts as he partied at one of the few restaurants that's not yet been forced out of business. I defend him because he was doing what we once all did in a free society, make our own decisions over what risks we're willing to run and what precautions we're willing to take according to our own circumstances to protect our own health. Yes, COVID is a nasty bug, and a quarter of a million Americans have died while having it. But this isn't the bubonic plague. The CDC's best estimate is that if you're under 49, your chance for surviving COVID, if you get it, is 99.92%. Even if you're over 70, you have a 94.6% rate of recovery. 
40% who get it don't even know they have it. And yet we've allowed our officials to ruin our quality of life over it, destroying countless businesses, throwing tens of millions into unemployment, robbing our children of their educations, and shredding our most cherished rights as Americans. Governor Newsom's night of partying should be a wake-up call for every American. Every time we step outside our homes, the risks that we face multiply. A free society assumes that its citizens are competent to assess those risks, balance them against the avoidance costs, and to manage their decisions in a generally responsible way. It's called common sense, and it's a necessary prerequisite for self-government and liberty. The choices of an octogenarian with emphysema might be very different from those of a healthy governor of California. Only a fool would claim the omniscience to make an informed judgment for every person in every circumstance in every community. Yet sadly, this crisis has revealed that fools abound in public office and that a fool with power can quickly become a petty tyrant. Which brings us back to Governor Newsom. These government nannies love to tell us that they're just following the science. Well, what does this science actually tell us? It tells us that COVID poses virtually no risk to children, but can be severe among the elderly. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed all the schools and ordered infected patients into nursing homes. The science tells us that outdoor transmissions of the virus are extremely rare and that 80% of infections occur in people's homes. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed our beaches, parks, and campgrounds and ordered people to stay at home. The science tells us that obesity is a contributing factor to the severity of the disease. So what did these lockdown leftists do? They closed all the gyms and kept the liquor stores open. These lockdowns haven't saved lives. The states with the most stringent lockdowns generally have the highest mortality rates from COVID. Utah stayed open while next door Colorado shut down. Utah currently has half the COVID mortality rate and three-fourths the unemployment rate as Colorado. But the lockdowns have cost countless lives, from suicides, drug and alcohol abuse, domestic violence, and deferred health screenings and treatments. Recently, Governor Newsom demanded that restaurant diners replace their masks after every bite, but also minimize the times they're taken off. I guess that means you take really big bites. Thanksgiving dinners are allowed in California, but only when they're held outside, guests are seated six feet apart, and they last no more than two hours. Now, it's all right to use the bathroom, but only if it's frequently sanitized. Otherwise, presumably, you'll just have to use the bushes. And for God's sake, no singing. I've wondered how much longer the American people are going to tolerate this nonsense. So let us not criticize Governor Newsom. Perhaps he's just offered us all deliverance from his own folly. Nor should we criticize the California legislature travel and quarantine restrictions to junket in Hawaii. Nor should we ridicule Speaker Pelosi for choosing not to wear a mask in a hair salon that was forced to close for the rest of us. Good for them. They're demonstrating by their actions the freedom that every American citizen needs to reclaim from these very same people. The governor should make his own decisions about running his own life. 
I only ask that he and his ilk would stop telling the rest of us how to run ours. I just think that's back. pitch perfect. The only thing I would query on is his statistics on survival of those in their 70s. It, it, yeah, I was reading higher statistics from the CDC, higher numbers of a survival rate from the CDC earlier. But that's okay. The larger point is not lost. And it comes at such an odd time where, yes, uh, lim- stay at home, but limit who can stay at home. Limit travel, but the governor will bring in his 89-year-old mother. And I think the largest point here is the Adam Carolla point. It's not the hypocrisy. And McClintock wasn't speaking to the hypocrisy either. He was speaking about Gavin Newsom doing the rational thing, quite frankly, because not even he evidently believes, as I said earlier, the comminatory warnings he is um, in, uh, uh, postulating to everybody, promulgating to everybody else. Now, it comes at this very odd time where the society is struggling over school closures and school openings, which I want to talk about as well in a few moments. But this professor of economics has an op-ed in the New York Times, and she's concerned about she's concerned about pandemic fatigue. That is to say people so tired of the lockdowns that they're going to be lax that they're not going that the, which which what would you guess her solution is looking at the science that allows laxity also known as freedom no no quote more extreme lockdowns and punitive measures she actually wrote that punitive measures we, we punish our society now? We punish the sick? I know some who do. Is that really humanity? Is that what human beings are now doing in a free society? Or in any society? Punitive measures. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. We'll have Brandon Weikert with us next hour, as we do every Monday. And then we will be joined in the third hour by the great David Riaboy. He will be joining us in the third hour. He wanted to come on and talk about some thoughts vis-a-vis conspiracy theories. Our friends over at Issues and Insights write that there is a strain of politician in this country more dangerous than the virus. And um, I I think that's a good way to put it, because you look at what these governors are doing and um, and uh, and 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 then you have to do a plot. I guess that's the right word for it, a plot of the states with the strongest of lockdowns and the mask mandates and the states without. And and you see interesting lines going the same way. You cannot find a discernible difference in infections with the states that did it, whether it was lockdowns and masks or not. You can you, you find almost nearly, <coughs> same with countries, almost nearly the same trajectories. Um, and yet, elected officials keep shutting down society and choking state and local economies. It's almost as if they want things to be as bad as possible for a putative incoming Biden administration who can then proclaim, thanks to his allies in the Democratic Party who are governors, who can then proclaim we did what we had to for the 
dark winter we said was coming in November, December, and now we can force the spring and open up. That, that, that's the trajectory I think we're looking at. How much will be lost in the meantime is an entirely other question. Bill Bennett was on Fox News this morning. He made an interesting observation. We don't have time to play it now. Maybe we'll get to it a little bit later. He said, you look at Oregon, and it's a really odd situation where you can't have more than six people gathering in a home. Now, Oregon just voted to decriminalize use of all drugs, including heroin, crack, you name it. So in Oregon, it's okay to use crack cocaine and heroin but not okay to have seven people at a Thanksgiving dinner. The only violation of using crack cocaine and heroin in Oregon is if you have a group of seven people doing it. Six and you're all fine and dandy. That's the world we've given ourselves. We'll be right back.